Welcome to this week's podcast, The Tower Pod from St. Mary's Marston Mortain with Lidlington. A message from the Gospel and a thoughtful sermon each week. Do subscribe and also like and review on your chosen platform and share with your friends. Thank you and God bless. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice, so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet... When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is the Gospel of the Lord. Let's pray. May I speak and may we listen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, who is the widow, and who is the judge? Often with parables, we have to work quite hard to kind of puzzle who represents who and how the parable should be interpreted. And in this case, if we want to know what this parable is about, we don't need to work too hard because Luke tells us right at the beginning, he says, Jesus told his disciples a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. So there we have it. It seems easy and straightforward then, doesn't it? We are the widow and God is the judge. Is that right? Maybe not. The parable is to tell us that if we pray for justice, and we can probably include other needs in that, if we pray long enough and hard enough, we will be able to eventually wear God down and he'll become exasperated with us and say, okay, okay, all right, already, please stop going on at me. What do you want, Andrew, people of God? I'll give it to you now, please be quiet before you wear me down. That's what this parable is about, isn't it? Would I lie to you? No. Well, actually, that doesn't sound quite right to me for a few reasons. Firstly, the thought that badgering God until I get what I want, seems a bit selfish to me. And there's always the danger of thinking, well, I would have got it if only I'd prayed harder or longer. I mean, how hard is hard enough? And actually, Jesus' teaching, by the way, goes beyond that of the Jews who tended to limit the times of prayer, lest they weary God three times a day on the model of Daniel 6.10 was accepted as the maximum. Be that as it may. Secondly, secondly, it doesn't seem to accord 
with my or our experience of God. I don't believe he'll get so exasperated with me that he ends up giving me what I want, like a parent spoiling a child just to get some peace and quiet. We've probably all done it. Thirdly, Jesus says himself, if the unjust judge will do that, how much more will God? So he's obviously not saying God is the unjust judge. He says if. But there's another reason why this doesn't seem to be a correct interpretation of this passage. This is not a parable about getting what we want. It's not about just anything. This is about God's people getting justice from their oppressors at a particular time in history, in the last days. The last days which Jesus had been speaking about in the chapter just before. It's a continuation. We also know this because Jesus says in the end, and yet when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? He's talking about the second coming. And as we know from Scripture, we, you and me, and our forebears told us in our doom painting, we are living now in those last days. It's just they're taking a long time, 2,000 years so far. But the time is coming nearer. The early Christians taught that the last days began when Jesus ascended to heaven. John says in his wonderful first letter, Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore we know that it is the last hour, and we know that many Antichrists have come. We've seen them if we've watched world history and current affairs. Now Jesus says, And will God not grant justice? The parable gets its meaning on a how much more basis. Now we're dealing with the judgment of God. How much more will God? We're not dealing with the wicked judge. God will quickly grant justice to them. And here's a story about two people. One is a judge, and his only role in society is to administer justice. And the other is a widow who was deprived of justice and didn't even have a man to support her in court in that society. Now, throughout the Old Testament, there's a special place for widows in society. In fact, the spiritual health of a society was often judged partly by how the widows among them were treated. Whenever God gives instructions on how society should be, he says that the rights of widows must be defended. In fact, in Psalm 68, God is described as the defender of widows. And we know that there are areas of our world still, and sections of our own society, and Christians in various positions here and in other countries that have been suffering grave injustices for years and years. We know that there are faithful people praying into those situations. We know there are persecuted and oppressed Christians who every day pray for release from their torturous and horrific conditions of life. 
Like the widow, there's plenty of prayer going on into these situations. And yet the situations don't seem to change. Jesus is saying that he will, in the end, grant justice. But we are not to lose heart. We are to persist in praying until he returns. We are to pray for justice. Now there's encouragement for us too in the story of Jacob that we heard earlier. If you've been waiting and waiting for something, praying and hoping for a long time, if there's something on your mind and heart, notice that Jacob was one who struggled too. He was actually born struggling. His mother in scripture records him struggling with his brother even in the womb, and she asked God about it. She didn't understand what was going on. He struggles to steal Esau's birthright, and he takes it by trickery. Hence his name Jacob, meaning trickster or supplanter. He struggles working for years to get a wife. He struggles all his life, and he even wrestles with God in the end. Sometimes our struggling can hinder us from seeing what God is doing or from being open to his call. We're so busy trying too hard. Yet Jacob, in the end, once his hip was dislocated, could no longer wrestle. He could no longer struggle. All he could do in his weakness was hang on to God and ask for a blessing. At the end of a lifetime of struggling, he finally realizes the importance of seeking God's blessing instead. He gave up the struggle and was blessed by the mysterious stranger. And not just blessed, he was renamed and given a new destiny from Jacob the supplanter to Israel, meaning the one who prevails with God. Jacob, now Israel, has met God, and he no longer needs to resort to trickery or struggle. And so it is with us when we give up these manipulative ways of relating to God and other people and turn to him, humbly realizing our true weakness. So be encouraged. And we are called by Jesus to come alongside the widow and the orphan, to pray and not lose heart for persecuted Christians. We must not cease praying, but we must also, of course, see what we can do ourselves. We must get out of bed, ready to help those in poverty, hunger, homelessness, injustice of every kind. On a somber note, it says in Proverbs 21.13 that whoever shuts their ears to the cry of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. Now, Jesus concluded this parable by asking, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? We see a decline in faith, don't we, in the nation over recent years. But he is asking us to keep faith, to continue praying. 
And may we turn our faith into action as well, to the glory of God, and in response to the cries of his people. But know this too. God has already heard the cry of persecuted Christians, the poor, the sick, and the marginalized. In the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, he has already answered their prayer. Every one of them, ultimately, it is done. It is accomplished on the cross. The victory is already won, and justice has prevailed. It's a bit like the difference between D-Day and V-E Day. We've had our D-Day when the battle, the war was won. We're now in the time leading up to VE Day, when Jesus returns. Fighting still has to be done, but it's the victory has been won. So in the meantime, people of God, let us be those who live and pray and serve in the sure knowledge that this is the case, and in the certain hope that all creation will see the salvation of our God. Until then, please pray with me and one another. Amen.